0: Hello and thanks for joining us for a brand new edition of Under Rocks. This week we're exploring a subject that I'll admit I knew nothing about until last week. I'm Spencer Tritt here with WNIJ producer Jared Ortega, hey, hey, hey. who has been helping out on Under Rocks, and now we uh, we've got him out in the field for today's episode, Jared. We're talking about what I believe is the unsung hero of the breakfast table. Oh, yeah. Maple syrup today. Oh, yeah.
1: It's definitely the unsung hero.
0: And specifically, homemade maple syrup. I knew absolutely nothing about syrup or how it was made. I thought the sap was, you know, brown, sweet, thick, and it just kind of comes out of the tree and like straight onto your pancakes. Um, we found out that that was not the case.
1: No, it's not. I, like, I knew it came out of the tree, but the way it comes out of the tree completely blew my mind of what it's actually like.
0: We'll get into that in just a little bit with um, some of our, our syrup experts, or as we've been calling them, sapsperts. We have the always entertaining and amazing Dan Libman, our Under Rocks correspondent, and our resident sapspert here is Aaron Seitz, From Oregon, Illinois, and we headed up to the Libman household for this episode. We uh, we pulled up amongst a lot of chickens and and uh, and there they were boiling away the sap.
2: You gotta admit this is a gorgeous setup here. Tell us a little bit about your setup we're looking at. Okay, well first of all, here's the main piece right here. This is this fabricated big tray, which. Is Aaron's invention, and he'll tell you about that. But all we did was we put up some cinder block so that we get some airflow. But not as we don't want a lot of airflow. And uh, if you look in here, there's a, that's already some sap. So we're already it's on deck. Goes in there. Sap is on deck. Sap is on deck. We've been collecting it for about two weeks. Would you say is about right, Aaron?
0: So Aaron, you've been called the sap spurt by Dan Lidman here. Tell us a little bit about what we're, what we're seeing here and the process that's going
3: on. Yeah, so we tapped trees about two weeks ago, just drilling small holes into, a, into maple trees. Doesn't hurt them one bit. And then the sap drips out, we collect it in buckets. And now we're at the point where we're trying to boil 24 gallons of sap down into what will be five pints. Wow, so it's a lot of sap needed for a little syrup, right? So the key here is surface area. So if you were to do this at home, you'd be boiling, you know, sap in a pot. But what we've got here is this really shallow pan. It's only four inches tall, but it's about 40 inches long. And so this long, shallow pan, the surface area is just evaporating it, and the faster we can evaporate it, um, you know, the quicker it turns into syrup
0: so what are the conditions the best conditions for sapping the tree when do you know it's time to get the sap
3: yeah you're looking for a string of temperatures where the high is above freezing and the low is below freezing and so extending that out we had you know about in six or seven days in a row where the highs were in the high forties, low fifties, and that was causing the sap to just run, run up the tree. And then at nights it was 30 degrees, 20, 29 degrees. And that was perfect because I would slow that. So what's happening is on the south side of the tree, when you tap that, and in the morning, when the sun comes up and heats up that tree, all of the sap is just flowing, flowing up from the ground into the, you know, into the buds, swelling those small branches. and you just take a tiny little bit of it, and it's just dribbling out, drip by drip, and over the week it collects into buckets, and that's where we're at. So, what else in the process? What happens next in the process? How does it become? Uh, how does
0: it become sweet? Do you start adding sugar and things once it starts to thicken? How does? How does that work?
3: You would think so. So, if you were to taste this right now, it would taste basically like water. Um, maybe Dan could even yeah. dial He's some done. up, um, but know that the the sweetness is already in the sap so maple trees contain a trace amounts of sugar where you know almost imperceptible from sap but when you boil that down and you evaporate all the water what you're left with is the condensed sugars and the more you evaporate the more it comes down into a higher sugar content and eventually you can get it down to syrup and then even from that you can get it down even more and reduce more water and get it down to hard candy so what you're left with when you evaporate all this is the sweetness of the maple tree itself. No sugar.
2: Wow. Yeah, you'll be able to taste it. Now normally we use these these um, these shooters for whiskey, which is important in the sap making process. But here, try it. So this is raw sap. raw sap I'm drinking right now. And it's delicious.
0: Wow. Hey, you're right. It's basically water, but with a little hint of
2: it's delicious. It is, but and it's refreshing. <laughs> Not what I thought. Um, yeah, I,
3: your brain is expecting yeah, something, you know, super is sweet, and then
2: get out of here. So
3: here's the cool thing, right? So think about, you know, all the filtration, the modern filtration systems that we have. This is coming from the earth. The roots are bringing it up from the ground straight up into the tree. It's never hitting oxygen until it comes out of that tree and then right into this bucket and then right to you. So it's a total miracle. Be able to drink water from a tree yeah we're not getting this from a spring we're not getting this from a river we're not you know we're not collecting rainwater. like this is coming from the earth through a tree into our hands
2: and you know from the shell silverstein book the trees love to give it to you it's it's their pleasure and we've been you know you get so much of it i've i've made broth you've made broth with it too yep and uh i've been brewing coffee with it Wow. Okay, you can actually do other things besides you
0: can do anything. syrup. That's amazing.
3: We carbonated it last year. We oh, made yeah. carbonated sap water, so it was just yeah, slightly sweet carbonated water. We've brewed beer when when we made our beer a number of years ago. We would use that huh. for the water instead of you know. Could the, you taste the it in one. the end product? No, but it was just nice to know that it was made, you know, the, not with the, tap water. Yeah, that it was made with sap. And the best part is,
2: is that it takes all afternoon. So you invite your friends over, or people from the public radio station, whatever, and you have some beers, drink some sap. Watch the boil. Yep, watch
3: it boil, that's exactly right. And so like, this is perfect too, right? Because you see the, you know, you see all this evaporation happening across the face of the surface of the sap. And if you imagine that only in a small pot, right? Only a little bit of that would be evaporating, but this wide, shallow basin is just evaporating constantly and all that moisture is leaving leaving those sugars in. Right. That's is this what they theory. do in the commercial um, syrupers? Yeah. They is have the same, same idea? Well, they've got a really cool thing that some of the commercial syrup uh, makers have a really cool like serpentine system where they have a huge bucket uh, lifted up high and then they will dribble in sap and as it works its way through a serpentine system um, by the time it comes out it will have evaporated enough to just empty in as syrup. Okay, so it, it's going through... Yeah, it's going through like a wow. maze of metal in the evaporator and oh, so they wow. can time that trickle and then they can just walk away wow. and know that on one end, you know, they're putting in raw sap but on the other end it's emptying out as syrup. But that's really controlled, yeah. you know, the environment has to be perfect, they're using propane instead of wood, generally speaking. and. So is it is it hard though to get that consistency
0: just right? Like you get it too thick or too too runny. For me, and, yeah, I've never you know. been able
2: to do it. It's the, every time I've tried it on my own, it's it's come out not as syrup but as like toffee or huh. it's so delicious, but it's not. Yeah, you know. that's kind of where the where the art comes in here. Yeah, the secrets. And you, Aaron, is able to observe the bubbles. The you want to explain that or? Yeah, it's
3: weird. Like so, we're gonna do eighty percent of it right out here outside but then we'll take the remaining part, put it in a pan and then bring that in to finish it on the stove and at the very end a a really weird thing happens like it's bubbling just like water but then the bubbles become smaller and smaller until it's almost, Dan described it as a carpet, so it looks like a carpet of bubbles. And as they rise up um, they're almost minuscule and then at that point when you cut the heat You've got syrup. You can also use a more advanced method, which is a thermometer. Right. (laughs) But (laughs) But then you have to have good eyes. Yeah.
0: If people are interested in making their own syrup, how can they get started? Do you just grab a tube and you go to any tree in your yard? Tell us how you
3: get started. Well, you've got to have a uh, a maple and not just any maple. You want a a red maple or a sugar maple. The silver maples don't have a high sugar content. Um, walnuts will also work, they'll make walnut syrup, which is delicious, um, and you're drilling a small hole and inserting a um, a spile or something like that from a hardware store, some surgical tubing or just, you know, food grade tubing into uh, a, a food grade bucket, and that's it. And then you sit and wait. And a lot of people like, does it hurt the tree? And, and it feels, you know, it feels bad drilling into a tree always. So you, you wouldn't want to drill a hole into a, a baby tree, so you're looking for trees with large diameters. And online, there's really easy, you know, measurements. If you have a tree that's, you know, six foot diameter, you can put three taps in. If it's only, you know, 40 inches of diameter, you put two taps in. But it doesn't hurt the tree. When you take the uh, spile out at the end of the sap season, uh, it just fills in, just fills in, scabs up. I think the, what I like the most about it is, it's this time of winter where you're so sick of winter but spring's not ready yet you know so it right. sap season is a special time because it gives you something to do that signifies the end of winter and the beginning of spring and syrup being the end product of that is is joyous so uh, yeah here's a philosophical
2: question for you Aaron I don't know if you've thought about this but why is sap why does it have a pejorative connotation to it just hey sap when it's so wonderful I want to reclaim sap He's a sap, she's a sap. And then that's like you're saying something really great about <laughs> Potential to be sweet. Yeah.
0: Here we are, we saw how it's made. Now we're gonna try this out. What do you think about what's in front of you here? What are you seeing?
1: First, the smell is very caramelly-like. It's not, it doesn't smell like your traditional like Aunt Jemima's, you know, type of store-bought syrup. It's very caramelly. I was so surprised when Aaron told us
0: that there's no other ingredients that go into this process. Oh, that's right, All of the sweetness is just natural right there. They don't add any sugar. This is just what it tastes like from a tree. All right, Jared Ortega is biting into the waffle now, and what do you think?
1: Absolutely ridiculous. It's so good. I cannot go back to store-bought syrup now. (laughs) You're right.
0: I taste the caramel, almost a hint of smokiness from all of that wood they were burning. Yeah. The syrup is an interesting consistency, too, here. It's not super thick like the sor- store-bought syrup. It's a little more runny, but I I actually kind of like it because it's, um, it's sort of soaking into my waffle here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like—the waffle is still crunchy on the outside right. like because store-bought— kind of really sogs makes the waffle soggy
0: i just love the idea that this is something that almost anybody can do if you have a maple tree i really liked what aaron said too about um making syrup um, as kind of an activity between um winter and spring a great sort of bridge of the seasons yeah right and you
1: get to you know start off the spring with something delicious that came right from your own backyard Dan and Aaron killed it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us at your place, Dan.
0: Always a big thanks to Dan Libman. And Aaron Sights, our sapspert, as we have affectionately dubbed him. You can send us your ideas for what places, people, or strange things that you think we should investigate next here on Under Rocks. Send us your ideas to our email, rocks at niu.edu. Tell us what you think is weird or strange here in northern Illinois, and we'll investigate it. Rocks at niu.edu. And you can go to WNIJ.org to listen to this full podcast and all of our other episodes of Under Rocks. Jared Ortega, thanks so much again for joining me here on Under Rocks. And to the unsung hero of the breakfast table, cheers. Cheers.